civil disobedience is one of the oldest, if not the oldest, tradition in America. Thomas Paine, Susan B. Anthony, or Rosa Parks give history classes good examples. What makes these Americans great is exactly what it means to be American. People who are against the status quo, against mainstream ideology, against doing what they're told. Unlike a simple revolution, persuading people in 2017 to acknowledge how the world works requires, well, work. You can't fix a problem if you don't realize there is one. In many cases, necessity makes for strange bedfellows. Going against the grain has always been a part of punk culture. In an odd way, punk and hardcore are, to a certain extent, as American as apple pie, fireworks, and community pride. Standing has always been a part of punk and hardcore, and walking into Wisconsin Hardcore Fest isn't the same as walking into other regional musical festivals like Country Jam or Rock Fest. It's small, it's crowded, it's loud, it's a lot of things people don't enjoy, yet for all its possible misgivings, it's inviting. With over 20 years of managing an all-ages venue, The Warehouse, Steve Harm paints a picture about this attraction. And a lot of kids that come here, just they hear that it's a place where people are a bit more open-minded and they'll show up by themselves. And uh, two months later, three months later, they've got 10 friends that they are doing things with because all those kids are social misfits. And uh, you know, none of the kids that come here are, are uh, I wouldn't say they're the bad element, but I'd say that they're kids that, that could easily uh, fall into, you know, depression, kids that, kids that are potentially suicidal just because they're, they're not socially accepted. And I think when they come here, they, they find music that isn't the super glossy pop music that makes you feel like you have to be the beautiful kid. I, I think that they're just, uh, they can walk in the door and all of a sudden not just be themselves, they can realize who they are. Being open-minded, as Steve suggests, is a linchpin for things like Wisconsin Hardcore Fest and The Warehouse. But what type of open-mindedness is Steve talking about? It's a complicated question. In fact, it's a question without a simple answer that comes with a caveat of terms, exceptions, and contradictions. And as we look into this world, it's really about being yourself, being able to stand up for something larger than yourself and embracing and rejecting the best and worst parts of society. Mark Porath is a guitarist for Defeatism. Like other musicians in punk and hardcore, Mark never felt like he belonged. And during high school, he really struggled to fit in small town Wisconsin. At times, music became a personal escape. I have always been, as I would call it, a little weird looking. I look, if you saw a picture of me from when I was a baby, you would be like, yep, exactly, that's who that is, that's Mark. Because I have never, like, I've always looked weird, been an odd looking dude, I've always had long hair, I've always been that kind of person. And my dad and me would always go on drives all around Wausau, Merrill. All we would do is listen to music. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid and I had a lot of time to sit down and like look at music and listen and like that's all I did for years. When I was a kid, I, my dad would take me to Fargo where he lived. All I would do while he's at work sitting on a computer and just Rhapsody or I guess it would be the, the concurrent one would be Spotify, like uh, that kind of stuff. I'd listen to Bouncing Souls, no effects, just all I did was live, breathe and eat freaking punk music. Mark's sentiment isn't uncommon. Mark Truman, bassist for Rigtime, 
points out that many people like himself flock to punk and hardcore for a personal reason. What brought me into, into what we're doing in general was just like a need to get things out. You know what I mean? Like not not to get not to get out any sort of like lovey-dovey, happy sort of thing. It was more of like a, I need to get things out that really, really bother me, that get me down, and I need to just get it out so I can just feel better about myself and get through my day and get through my life and leave all of the things that I need to leave within the space of the scene uh, through what I'm saying or what I'm doing or what I'm playing there, and then everything else that I need to do in my life that's a part of that doesn't need to have all that baggage and emotional stress that I could have. And what Mark gets from punk and hardcore isn't going to work for everyone. I mean, this isn't a traditional youth outlet like baseball or the Boy Scouts, or even a championed avenue within popular music. Taylor, a member of Infinity, speaks candidly about his band. I don't think that there's any reason that anybody shouldn't come out to shows. Uh, I think that it certainly can be uh, an open invite to anybody, but I don't necessarily think that it's for every single person out there. I think that's one of the things that makes it awesome is that it, it resonates with a lot of people, but it doesn't resonate with so many more people. And like, that's, that's one of the things that keeps it, keeps it fun for me is it's, it's not everybody's thing, but for those that really click with it, it's, it's, uh, it's almost everything to them. And I think that's really special. For some people, punk and hardcore is just a phase, an awkward period when upsetting your parents boils down to loud music and thick eyeliner. Yet, for many others, it's something more than music. It's a lifestyle that questions the invisible walls of values and norms in society. While in conversation with Brian Fleming, who organized Wisconsin Hardcore Fest, I remember a turning point in my own life. And I remember coming here and there was this guy wearing this t-shirt that was so very burned in my head. It, on the back of it, it said endpoint, and it had a like this silhouette of a of a beaten woman. And on the front, it had a statistic: every 26 seconds, a woman is a victim of domestic violence. And that was the first time when, especially music, wasn't talking about kind of those, you know, bubblegum pop scenarios like my heart's been broken and um, things of that nature. And it opened my eyes to this whole new world about you can take that personal and also address social issues. And a lot of the times when you have punk or hardcore, there are social issues. There's, you know, there's like a vegan movement, there's a positive movement, there's a pro-queer movement. With the hardcore community, is that something that's very common or is that something that is more or less uh, a freak of nature to random locations in America? I think a lot of people that I know in the hardcore scene are always trying to stand for something. I mean, there's some people who are just there because maybe they feel right, but in a sense, that's a movement too. Maybe it's a movement to feel comfortable with yourself in any way, shape, or form, or be able to feel comfortable with anyone. But I think that a lot of people um, usually have a purpose and a reason behind why they're involved with the hardcore scene. I myself do. and. It's kind of hard to pinpoint it down to one reason, but I think it's maybe having a conviction or a moral belief about something that you feel you're easy to, or is easier to convey to people through the type of music that you're playing or the attitudes of the people around you involved in that music scene. I know people that will embrace anyone who comes to a show as long as they're there for the right reasons. If you're bringing in hate or you're bringing in uh, any sort of violence for a certain group of people, you'll be kicked out. I mean, 
metaphorically or maybe physically. Uh, you know, racism isn't isn't tolerated. Sexism, you know, obviously the big thing that people always talk about is people with Nazi attitudes and stuff like that. Like because I think that those people have an idea of what everyone needs to be, but in hardcore, it's about that you need to be yourself, and that's what's important. Brian touches on a larger question in society. In a land of the free, who's free to feel accepted for their beliefs, especially if these beliefs are against the status quo, social expectations, and cultural values? And for an outwardly nihilistic and aggressive community, punk and hardcore shouldn't be a breeding ground for seemingly progressive stances on racism, feminism, homophobia, and domestic abuse. It's difficult at times to feel accepted. It's natural. It's so natural that many people at Wisconsin Hardcore Fest have attached to being unaccepted. For some of them, music is a bridge between personal torment and promoting social change. As we'll find out, this platform is rather complex. Author Simon Firth redefines performance. Popular acts like Toby Keith or Bruce Springsteen are well known for their massive tours. During a single performance, it's customary to address the audience between songs with stories or a message about a certain topic. This is, as Frith suggests, just part of the performance, a way to connect to the audience. Yet, what he further implies is how an audience act of listening becomes a performance, a way to show you understand the message. On one hand, Wisconsin Hardcore Fest isn't different. Musicians play, audiences react, and everything seems to move on. On the other hand, punk and hardcore has never been subtle. In fact, the brief 30-second speech between a song isn't an aside. It's a mantra for the community. Ray has been playing in hardcore bands for nearly 20 years, be it his native Fox Valley area or across the United States. One thing always stood out to him. I think since like day one, it's always been about accepting people who are different. It's always been about uh, every race, every sex, every gender, creed, color, whatever you are, like it's always been included. And I think the one thing that hardcore and punk has always been about is like, no homophobia, no sexism, no, none of that stuff. Everyone's accepted. Like, is it for everyone? No. Like, if you come into a show and you get hit in the face and you wonder why you got hit in the face, chances are it's not your scene. You know what I mean? Maybe you want to go to something a little bit lighter. But, like, if you if you dig it and, like, you're feeling it, that's cool. And, like, it doesn't matter. Personally, it never mattered to me, and it, it shouldn't matter to every other scene. Uh, but the one thing that, like, even the community, like, online and stuff, like, if they find out about, like, somebody being sexist or racist or whatever it is, like, you kind of get blacklisted in a way, and you kind of get, like, thrown out in public, like, yo, don't say that type of shit. And, I mean, obviously, like, if somebody wants to, like, change their ways and realize that, you know, hey, that's not, not their correct thinking, like, don't do that, it's not accepted, because you don't want to, you don't want to isolate anybody. Like, you don't want to, like, be like, oh, you're the one black kid at the show, like, who cares? It feels as if punk and hardcore are against everything. No racism, no sexism, no homophobia, no violence, and no animal cruelty. So much, in fact, you can ask, why isn't this the safest place in the world? Kevin and Nick, two lacrosse area natives, highlight the irony surrounding punk and hardcore. It's hard to say that hardcore scene is a safe space. You can't really say that that's a safe space because it's a hardcore show. People are getting punched and kicked and hugged and body slammed all at the same time. But at the end of the show, everybody is friends with everybody. Um, I've been to shows where I've 
I've gotten punched in the face. I've broken my hand over a girl's face. And I mean, I felt really bad because I hit a girl. But then again, she's like, no, this is a hardcore show. That's what happens. And gave me a hug. And then I saw her windmill kick a guy in the face. I, I think it would be fairly uncontroversial to say that like by safe space, we just mean all, all types of thought and all, um, all approaches are allowed and actually encouraged. When you talk about safety, um, a hardcore show is not the safest uh, <laughs> place exactly uh, when it comes to physical. Um, certainly, uh, I, I would rank a hardcore show as like one of, one of the top places to have the kind of safety to think otherwise, to think uh, for yourself, uh, not necessarily being forced to allow like the greater social influences to tell you what you're supposed to think. But. Being able to think for yourself without being ridiculed is another question. And with Nick and Kevin, their conversation touches on how people are expected to act, respond, and even think as Americans. I, I don't really want to get into it, but do I support Trump as a person? No, but I'm a Republican because that's my military standpoint is, is yeah, Republican. We definitely need that in the time of war, but are they making great choices? No. Do I support everything they're saying? No. Um, so yeah, it's kind of hard because some of my viewpoints do clash with other people in the community. And yeah, we've definitely gotten to, I wouldn't say arguments, but debates about things. And I would, I try to tell them, you know, well, I see it from this standpoint because I've been, you know, here and here and done this and this and saw it that way. So yeah, it does kind of clash. And it is, it's kind of funny to see how dramatic people get about it. And they, they say, oh my God, you were in the military. I, I can't believe that. You know, why would you do this or why would you do that or why why would you want to go over there and do whatever you did? And it's it's for totally different reasons. It had nothing to do with my personal beliefs or my personal agenda against you know homophobia or sexism or racism. You know, obviously my shirt says I will not tolerate any of that. But yet you you do see it a lot in the military, and it was hard. But I like I said earlier, I I went to bed with my beliefs and I woke up with my beliefs and I never let anybody change it. What Kevin was saying, because it's absolutely true that a lot of people are completely shut out to um, alternative uh, thinking or alternative opinion. They're uh, simply not interested in like a, a change in perspective or um, what a lot of people would call a more tolerant perspective or um, a more egalitarian perspective. A lot of people are like in, in an absolute state of refusal and it's, it's hard to pinpoint why, um, and I feel that would be a, a different discussion anyway. But for the people who are open to, to new beliefs and being uh, influenced by their peers um, and having fruitful discussion, um, I, I think there are enough people who are in the latter category that this sort of fruitful discussion can be had despite the presence of many folks who uh, will not uh, hear, hear such a new perspective. There's things that can be done despite the presence of people who uh, won't hear them. Yeah, and at, you know, I feel in the hardcore scene, it's so different. There are so many different standpoints that it is sort of accepted. You know, everybody's opinion is heard. Nobody's really ignored at all. You know, if, if you want to be a, a total racist, homophobic, sexist jerk, yeah, people aren't going to like it, but we're not going to tell you that you can't be that way. Kevin and Nick's conversation is a portal, so to speak, into contemporary society, 
Real change can only occur when there's an opposing force that can be practically criticized. In 2017, across the Midwest, things once seen as practical or now illogical were even attacks against basic American rights. Take, for example, Greg, a black hip-hop artist from La Crosse who opened Wisconsin Hardcore Fest. Being raised in an African-American community during a growing wave of patriotism, nationalism, and Confederate pride hasn't been easy. But what Greg sees is an issue of exposure. And, and I think it really comes down to exposure. Uh, a lot of people haven't been exposed to um, a diverse population just because um, they're here in La Crosse they, um, and that they haven't necessarily ventured out to other places where there may be more diversity, where there might not be people that are the same color as they are, that may not practice the same religion that they do. And I think that lack of um, exposure can really have an effect on how we see each other and how we are able to interact um, with each other on a daily basis. So that being said, um, I feel like for me, I, use, I can use my music and being able to take, like I said, an art form that's usually seen as really hard and vulgar and sometimes uh, like just nasty and graphic and make it something that's more like artful and maybe insightful and tries to like evoke a different emotion in people. Um, so I, f I feel like that's kind of how I use music as a, as a way to kind of battle that and a, as a way to expose people and say that, hey, look, I'm doing something different. I'm trying to be unique with this and also not fit into a stereotype or, uh, you know, to be pigeonholed as a specific um, way because I rap and I make uh, hip hop music, you know, with hard beats and, you know, rhymes or whatever. You know, it's not it's not as simple as that. And it's not just uh, it's not just that at the surface. It's looking deeper and seeing what else is there. Bite me, teething. I really cop an attitude. The cops pull me over just as soon as I'm a bad dude. Dread life, well man, affiliate of act rude. Barely even back talking, me like a bad dog. Feel the slow curl like a bullfrog. Come on, strong, she lit crack hard before the blowjob. Y'all just stretch, fetch. So, who would have an issue with building a better community? You'd be surprised. The conversations among everyone involved, to a certain degree, are harmless to most. But when they ask people to examine how the world operates and how it maintains its social conditions, it somehow crosses a line. Take for example Q, a self-identifying Christian who studied youth ministry and toured with popular Christian hardcore acts like Zayo, Strongarm, and Training for Utopia. He explains how the reality within not only punk and hardcore is questionable, but also the outside world. Uh, I have a song that I played today called Your Building is a Fallacy, and it's literally about the fact that the Catholic Church forces you to have that faith in Christ. They go, hey, if you don't do this, you're going to hell, instead of allowing you to find your own, uh, your own like, faith on its own. And I think, like, that's the one good thing about hardcore is, like, you have all these, like, everyone tells you, you know, like, the government is good, uh, cops are good, uh, don't do drugs, and it's like, they are standing up things for they believe in, but they are just trying to force everybody else. Where in hardcore, I mean, like, obviously you can't come in and be racist. I mean, it's just another thing that I believe in. Like, that, like that song is really against the fact that Catholics and a lot of Christians put all their time and faith into a building. Instead, like, me and you in this room talking about Jesus is ten times more of a church than a $5 million building. For some, Pushing boundaries is limited to private conversations. When people like Q and I start talking about these issues publicly, perspectives could change. But this isn't always good, especially when people feel marginalized. Again, Mark from Defeatism. I mean, that's punk. It's supposed to be abrasive. You're supposed to look at something and be like, oh, well, holy shit. 
that's a real thing that happens. Like, like the fact that even like now it's not that crazy, but like what seven years ago there was a band Hostage Calm putting out T-shirts. All they said was their name. I support same-sex marriage. That was it. I'm like, imagine the rabble rouse if I would have had that and just like walked into frickin' high school with that. Oh my gosh. The kids would have lost their shit. I got called mean names enough because I wore tight pants. I could only imagine if I literally was, hey, by the way, these are what I believe because I was always a quiet kid in high school. I didn't want people to have more reason to pick on me, Jesus. Mark highlights some of the backlash people can experience outside the punk and hardcore community for supporting their views. In many cases, going against the grain isn't pretty. Even with this in mind, it doesn't stop him. To a point, it comes with the territory, but on another point, I'd much rather see a band with conviction than somebody who's just floundering in the middle and talking nonsense about nothing. I'd rather see somebody talking about personal issues than just whatever sounds cool is coming out of your mouth, you know? I always find that to be the strangest kind of lyrical content. Like, I understand a cool line here and there, but when it's all that's popping out of your mouth and you know, like, dude, you're not fighting dragons, buddy. Calm down. There isn't a clear path or a how-to manual for transitioning a viewpoint into a social change. Even to begin can feel overwhelming. Robbie Ray from All Out Mutiny explains how a small conversation in Brazil taught him something about America. I think we're exposed to, you know, bad circumstance everywhere. Sometimes that's in at shows or the hardcore music. What it boils down to is we could all do a better job of actually, you know, not to be cliche, but sticking to your guns. And when, you know, you have a strong opinion that you can follow through with it and actually stand united with other people who share your beliefs, who, you know, don't want to see racism or police brutality or anything like that, we could all do a better job of being a voice for that is, I guess, what I'm thinking we could portray as not just a, a single band or a single, you know, show, but also a community that backs themselves up and each other up when they are faced with that situation. It's always been an all-out mutiny mission statement that we stand against authority, especially very wrongful authority and inequitable circumstance everywhere. You know, we just toured Brazil where we saw a lot of crazy things, but also we made great relationships. And I just had a discussion this morning with uh, a friend, Samuel Garcia, nice. uh, who was at uh, our Satuba show, I believe. And uh, we were talking about religion and I'm very openly not religious. And the great thing about it was, you know, he said, but there's no reason to mock somebody for their beliefs. You know, it's better to understand first why somebody feels this way. And especially in Brazil, you know, they're very religious. But also, that's, that's what they do. And as long as, you know, their culture and they show respect towards each other, it's fine. And we have to sometimes learn to accept it, but also fight against the bullshit that happens, you know, right here at home in the U.S. too. Many punk and hardcore communities across the United States actively support people in need. As recent as September 2017, members of Page 99, a seminal punk collective, performed one of their first shows in 10 years, while donating over $10,000 to LGBT community centers and reproductive rights organizations. While supporting organizations like these isn't popular, it hits home for some people. Even in lacrosse, Brian from Rigtime explains why it's important to him. And I think that a lot of people who might be involved in the scene um, 
they might have even grown up like I did in just kind of a, a poor lifestyle or a rough family. And so they have something inside that makes them feel a sense of compassion for other people. And that's where I think that I get it from is just my own upbringing. And, you know, even just growing up being bullied and stuff, I felt I know what it feels like to uh, feel less than. And so to me, I want to help people feel good or I want to be able to help people with things that they need uh, whether it be something just about the feeling that you get from music or being able to help uh, with a donation drive to get them goods and supplies and I think that sometimes people might not pay attention to underground bands or heavy bands and all the good work that they do but there's a lot of really great people out there who are just trying to make the world a better place and maybe it's not focused on because it's not profit driven and it doesn't involve money and Sometimes money can be the only thing that people care about in life. Brian's involvement within the community isn't uncommon. In fact, members of the warehouse have facilitated community outreach programs, such as food drives and sex education. Even at Wisconsin Hardcore Fest, warehouse team member Ben Cook organized a donation drive for New Horizons Shelter and Outreach Centers, a support center for victims of domestic violence and sexual assault. As Steve points out, these actions aren't uncommon. I think it probably happens more than I'm aware of because I can't keep track of everybody that, that um, you know, that comes here and that, that listens to some of the stuff that we do um, or some of the causes that we help work for. Um, but Ben has been very good on uh, not just championing those causes personally, but also as a board member of the warehouse, pushing us to help one organization or another. He, uh, he pointed out to me what I had noticed recently that the New Horizons uh, women's Outreach Center was in need of the paper products, and um, we both discussed whether or not we should have a fundraiser, or a, a, if we should raise those products for them here through this uh, Hardcore Fest. And that was about a 10-second decision of, of course we should. If we can, if we can get people to bring stuff that we can give to New Horizons, and people are coming here anyway, and we can facilitate it for people who maybe don't know where New Horizons is, uh, why wouldn't we do it? People can't fix problems that are immune to effective criticism, especially if these problems are speaking against popular values. For many of the people at Wisconsin Hardcore Fest, it's not a matter of being popular. It's about doing something that matters, about questioning seemingly mundane practices, about building a better community. Is supporting an outside point of view civil disobedience? Probably not. Does it upset a lot of people? Absolutely. But changing norms and traditions shouldn't be treated as defiance. Even as Q reminds us, in the end, you don't have to be Superman. You just have to be a hero in your own way. Never think what you're doing is too small, because it's not. Because a lot of people then try to set out and do more than they actually possibly can. So helping the women's shelter is great, because that's what Steve wants to do, and that's what Steve can do. As long as you're out there trying to put a smile on somebody else's face. As a kid, I always, like, like, I'm a comic book nerd. I'd always wanted to be Superman. I wanted to go out and save the world. You know, fly, like Korea drops bombs, fly and take those bombs. And then as an adult, you just have to realize that like that's not something that's actually possible for you. And the best thing you can do, whether it is volunteer at a Salvation Army or a soup kitchen, or even just at shows, just talk positively to people. Like literally tell someone, like not in a creepy way, but like tell someone like, Yo, you did have a good set. Yo, you look cool, like good today. Yo, I really do like that shirt. Yo, I really do like, if you put a smile on somebody's face, 
every day, you literally are changing the fucking world.